Pretty God. Now, when we first started the series on the great sermon, one of the things that we talked about was this, was that don't go into the great sermon. Uh, if you just go and you just read the great sermon kind of from a fleshly perspective, it's kind of like do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And there's a lot of conditions there. But you have to understand that from the very beginning, from the very beginning, how does he open up the great sermon? Blessed, 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 blessed. In other words, like Jesus was trying to get something across. He, he was trying to get something to us. And it wasn't about how much stuff you had to do or not do. It was, I'm trying to get you to the place of blessing. Yeah. That, he was making a statement. Now, a lot of times we'll read those blessed and we don't even really think about what does that mean? God wants us on the top. He wants us the head and not the tail. He wants us above and not beneath. He wants us overflowing, not, not dry as a bone, right? He wants us blessed. And so this, you have to understand about the Sermon on the Mount, the great sermon, that the whole sermon from Matthew 5 to Matthew chapter 7, it's about the power and the light and the blessing of God. Now, here's the thing. We said this before. You know, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, it says, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, right? Over in Peter, it says that he has given you everything pertaining to life and godliness, He's already given it. You're already blessed with every spiritual blessing. So when he says, blessed are you if you do this, blessed are you if you do that, here's the question. Hasn't he declared you blessed already? Then when he says that you're blessed, he's already given you everything you need to live out that blessing. If the blessing is conditional, you're not waiting for the power to live out that condition. You already got it. He's already blessed you. So that means if there's a condition, I've got everything I need to meet that condition. Amen? Isn't that good? So how many people have been thinking, well, if I get good enough one day, I'll walk in some of those blessings. Anybody ever felt that way before? I have. I have. But God said, I already call you blessed. That means if you run up against a condition, I need to do this or not do something. You're already blessed. You're already empowered to live it. But what happens is we look at our current condition. Sorry, eyelash was poking me in now. Uh, we look at our current condition and how we feel and we're like, well, I don't feel good enough to do this. And so now we're living by feelings, but not by the word of God. But if we'll look at the word of God and say, hey, there's a condition to this blessing, but he's called me blessed. I must have the power to be able to live out that condition. And when you see it like that, you'll say, all right, if you get, then Lord, help me now. Give me the grace and the empowerment to live this condition. And I'm just going to go over here and walk in the blessing. Glory to God. And all of a sudden you change that thinking and your life will take off. Because most people are looking at how they feel and where they've been instead of looking at what Jesus has done and what he said. Right, And if we'll look at what he's done and what he said instead of how we feel and where we've been, we'll take off. 
because you are already blessed. If you're born again, you're already blessed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. That, that changes. Can you see where that will change your whole life? And think about this. Let's say that you're going through and on Tuesday, uh, all of a sudden a problem comes up and you can't see any way for that thing to get answered. I don't know how we're going to handle this. Man, I thought we had it under control. I don't know how we're going to. I've given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Well, this pertains to life. Then you must have given me everything I need. And you are providing me a way of escape at the least. But I know that you're promised, but thanks be unto God, who's always leading me to triumph. So you must have already given me the wisdom. So Lord, I ask you right now for the wisdom to get this thing right. Show me what I need to do. Well, how many people are asking that question in reality? Not too many. They just, they just go through life. They trudge through. And if it comes, it comes. It's like, well, if the Lord wants to give it, he'll give it. No, by faith we overcome the world. We've got to see the promise, see what's already ours, what he's already done. And by faith, grab a hold of it. And that's how we'll overcome. That's how we'll have the wisdom to overcome, right? So if we start doing that, everything changes. Well, it's this way in the great sermon. It's all about the blessing of God and you being the light, the light. The light. You're called to be the light. Let me ask this question. How many people feel like, all right, this, this will be interesting. This week as we were going out, we were passing out flyers. Anybody that went with us, if you were going out passing out flyers and you felt the pressure of fear while you were in front of people, would you raise your hand? Yeah. You felt it. You're a big guy. You've been a missionary to Africa, but you still felt it. I did too. I'm the pastor. Yeah. <laughs> you have to put it down. You got to put it down. That's it. You have to say, I don't live by that. Uh-uh. See, those things will come, but you have to decide who are you and what has God said. Amen. Right? And so here's the other thing. Let me ask you this question. Why are we here still? Why are we here? Because once we get born again, I mean, where are we going? If we're born again, where are we going? Heaven. Heaven. Well, once we're born again, why don't we just go there? Surely it'd be better. (laughs) Why don't we just go to heaven? Not everybody's saved. But see, we have this idea that I'm here to learn some more and do this. I could learn better in heaven, I promise you. Let me go sit with the Apostle Paul, sit with Jesus. I can learn better in heaven. Well, God wants to bless me. Well, yeah, he does, but I could be blessed better in heaven. I mean, streets of gold, we take a notch up right there. (laughs) I can be blessed better there. I mean, let's just go. I mean... Really, if there's only one reason why we're here, and that is to be the light in this world because not everybody's born again. That's the only reason why we're here. If God wanted to make disciples, the best way he can make disciples is teaching them himself up in heaven. It's not about making disciples. Disciples is about making people that will get out and do the work to win souls. That's why we're here. 
That's the whole purpose is to do the work, to be the salt and the light, to be the salt and the light. Otherwise, we'd get born again. I'd be like, hey, how you doing? Do you know Jesus? No, I don't know Jesus. Would you like to? Yes. All right. Say this. Jesus is my Lord. And I believe they raised from death. Jesus is my Lord. I believe he raised from death. And then all of a sudden, it'd be like, and he'd go up to heaven. And better for him there. Like, where'd he go? I don't know. He must be in heaven. That'd be much better. You're done with all the junk of the world. Doesn't that sound good? See ya. That would be better. But we have a purpose. And it's not to learn more on Sunday morning. Learning more on Sunday morning helps the purpose, but it's not the purpose for staying here. The purpose for staying here is because there's still darkness. And we're called to be the light. Period. Pure and simple. There's still darkness and we're called to be the light. Can you see how the devil has twisted that in the world? Or or tried to get us to forget forget it? Or to despise it, which means to lightly esteem it? This, This week, like Joel... Did you feel like you were fulfilling who you were called to be? Yes, sir. Yeah. You still felt the fear. Yes, sir. Yeah, I know. I did too. But yet, something inside you, what you were designed to be, came out. Came out in you too. Came out in you too. Didn't it? Miss Natalie, what you were designed to be, your purpose, your mission on this earth came alive. Now see, it'll, it'll go back to sleep if you let it. You have to be purposed and intentional. You have to be purposed and intentional to keep it esteemed. But you have to see what you're called to be. Because if, if our purpose was not that, we'd just go straight up to heaven. It'd be a lot easier. <laughs> just get this thing done. Right? But there's still darkness. And we're called to be the light. You know what that means? That means it takes work. It takes action. It takes effort. Intention. Purpose. To be who you're called to be. He's empowered us with every spiritual blessing. To be the light. And be the salt. He's empowered us to do that. But we, by faith, have to say, I'll be that. I'll be that. Now, you're going to have the flesh and you're going to have the devil and you're going to have a bunch of people filled with the devil to try and tell you you don't. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Just, just go on Sunday morning. You don't have to, you, you, and a lot of people, well, the next step is you don't even have to go on Sunday morning. You know, it just, it keeps, he just keeps knocking us down until we are completely lifeless. There's no light really in us to shine. Why? Because that's our purpose is to be the light. He's just trying to diminish that. 
if he, if he can't get you to diminish it inside of you, he'll try to get it to diminish in you for other people. But that's the whole purpose. All the, now, here's the question. That's the purpose why we're here on this earth. Here's the question. If we looked at our calendar and our checkbook, would our lives line up with that? Don't answer that. And it got quiet in here. I love y'all. <laughs> You're my favorite people. But it's the truth. We need to ask ourselves that question. We need to ask ourselves that question. If that's the purpose, yeah. does our life line up with it? And the truth is our life lines up with things that we want to achieve and accomplish and see in our lives. That's, that's wherever our heart is, that's where our life is going to go. And so the question is, what have we made our heart? What have we made our heart? And when we talked about the salt, it had everything to do with actually living, living the actions, not just talking about them. When we talked about the salt and being the salt, uh, in other words, our actions became a part of our worship to prove that we were the children of God. Amen. It was a part of who we were. It was, a, it was the fruit. In other words, we didn't just talk about it. We didn't just check the box on Sunday morning. There was a fruit. So that's the salt. And the reason to be the salt is so that you can be the light. We're called to be the salt and the light for our actions to do something and to produce on this earth. And we have the responsibility of judging ourselves so that we're not judged. We have the responsibility to be intentional and purposeful to fulfill the mission of why we're here. Which is not to learn more. It's not to be blessed more. It's not just to have a great vacation home. Listen, you can have a better vacation home in heaven. That's not the purpose you're here. It's not to have a great retirement. That's not why you're here. The Bible doesn't even talk about retirement. Amen. The purpose is to shine the light where there's darkness to win souls and bring them into, out of the kingdom of darkness and translate them. Snatch them from the fire. Yeah. Translate them into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his dear son. That's the purpose. Re read this. This is in the message. I believe it's on yours. Same verses in the message. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? Look at this next statement. You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. In other words, if your life isn't touching people and bringing out God in their lives, you've lost your usefulness. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, I feel it too. This is, this is like convicting me to even go stronger. Lord, let me give myself to your purpose. Look, look at the next one, 14. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be the light 
bringing out the God colors in this world. God's not a secret to be kept. God's not a secret to be kept. Well, I love him on Sunday morning. We have such a good time worshiping him and he blessed me, poured out my love. It's not meant just to pour it out on Sunday morning. It's meant to fill you up on Sunday morning. And when you go out into the world, it just overflows everywhere. You're meant to overflow. (coughs) That's the whole purpose. He he wants to get you to the place where you have less and less problems because you know how to handle them in the kingdom uh, ways. You know how to handle them. So you have less and less. So you become stronger and stronger to pour out and lift up the people around you. In the meantime, you'll be blessed too. That's a great point. But the point is, he is not a secret to be kept in a building on Sunday morning. You're designed to be filled and overflowed everywhere you go. Now this Sunday morning plays a great role, a huge role in the whole process, the whole purpose. Sunday morning plays a huge role, but it's all for a purpose that you would be a carrier and a light Sunday afternoon, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Well, Saturday's for me. No, no, that day too, Saturday too. The purpose never changes, never changes. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be the light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on the hill. If I make you light bears, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm doing it for a purpose. Why would I do it if I was just going to hide you on Sunday morning in a building? (laughs) Amen. I'm putting you on the light stand. This is God talking to you. I'm putting you on the light stand. Now that I put you there on the hilltop on the light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Jadis, will you come here? I just believe I have a word for you. I believe the Lord just showed me to, and to tell you this. I'm going to anoint you in giftings, in athletics, and in your mind that will shine in front of people. And as you give glory to God, more and more will be released. Just raise your hands. I'm going to anoint you, the Lord says, to be this kind of light and to be this kind of salt. And as you give glory to God, as you glorify God, he will pour more and more in. And it will just grow. And people will ask the question, how did he get to that place? How did he get to that place? How did he have the skill? How did he know what to do? And you'll say it was Jesus the whole time. And you'll be the salt. And you'll be the light. Anointing of God. Be in Jesus name. 
thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Glory to God. Fill them up and overflow them, Lord, to be the salt and the light. Let these hands be so skilled in everything they do. And let this mind see the wisdom straight from heaven to be the salt and the light. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> you just stand there as long as you need to. Stand with them. I want you to see this. Uh, you know, I broke this, these verses down in the next verse there. It says, you are the light of the world. Now this world means in, and its systems. You are the light of the world and its systems, its ways of doing things. You're the light. In other words, there's stuff out there that's broke, dark, and it's not going right, and you're designed to step into it and bring light to that system. Fix it. Get it right. Get it in order. You're designed to bring light, bring order, heavenly order into that business, into that government. You're designed to do just that. You are the light of the world and its systems. A city set on a hill. This means set in place and appointed. He says you are like a city set on a hill. You realize that it's like God saying, now see that hill over there? It needs a city on it. You are like that where God's saying, I've set you exactly where you need to be. In your business, in your home, you are set and appointed by God to be in that place. You are set there to bring the light. You are set there. You are appointed. This is not just boomerang. This is you individually. You are appointed in that place and set by God. That means you carry an anointing to be there. You carry an anointing to be there. God's given you certain abilities and power and authority to be that light. <clears throat> to bring the order of heaven and the light of heaven into a dark place and set it straight. Bring the glory of God. The light is his glory. You are set and appointed in that place to bring the glory of heaven in that place. You remember how we're supposed to pray over in the next chapter it says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the way you're supposed to be praying in your home, in your family, in your business, in the government, in the media. You are set for a purpose. You, you say me. I'm set. I'm appointed and anointed to be the light wherever I am. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I want you to see this. And you're set in some place specific. He says, you are city set on a hill. Listen, a hill is lifted up and above the average. It's lifted up above the plain. You're not plain. He set you and appointed you. I'm talking to you. I am talking to every one of you individually. You are set above average. You are an above average light. Glory to God. You are a brighter bulb in Jesus' name. You're a brighter bulb. 
You, you shine above the others. You're above the plane. You're above the average. That's who you are. He's talking to every believer. Now see, you haven't always felt that way, but that's who you are by the words of Jesus himself. You are set above average. You are set above average. You're above plane. You're above it. He set you up. You're set there for a purpose. You're above average. Now, this goes hand in hand with humility. So a lot of people would take that message and they'd be like, I'm above average. And they go back to work like, you better not talk to me like that. I'm above average. I'm a brighter bulb in this place. Don't do that. <laughs> That's pride. That goes before a fall. But grace and greater grace goes before humility. Look, you can know that without telling everybody about it. Okay. What you want to tell people about is the goodness of God. Not you. Because some people take that message. They run. I've, I've watched, I have watched Christians, I have watched Christians be in line at a restaurant and, you know, somebody at the restaurant have a bad attitude. Next, you know, and all of a sudden uh, they'll say, uh, you want fries with that? And, you know, and the Christian's like, how did they just talk to me? Don't she know, I, don't she know I'm royalty? I'm a child of the king. You know, you can see these wheels turning. And he said nothing yet. But then about that time, uh, the Christian, because they think they're something special, right? They're not in humility. They'll be like, um, and can you take cheese off that cheeseburger? And can you add this and add this and add this and take this away and add this? Because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a king's kid, you understand? And I've heard them say like these words in the restaurant. And here's this person that don't know God. They ain't shining the light, by the way. And then, and then the person's like behind the counter's like, because they're thinking, who do you think you are? Because they're in pride. Even the world recognizes it. And then when they go, oh, then, then the Christian explodes because they think, I, I'm a brighter bulb. And they're thinking about themselves, right? I'm setting a point. And then all of a sudden, hey, you, you worked at Burger King. You ever seen this before? People have that kind of attitude, right? Yep. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> And it's wrong. And then all of a sudden, that, that person behind the counter goes, and, and the king's kid, the king's, the, uh, you know, the one who thinks they're special, right? All of a sudden, they're like, you know who I am. I'm a child of Jesus. You better get that attitude off you. Oh, that way to be the light. Great job. Awesome. You're winning souls right there. That purpose. That's the way to do it. I've watched it happen. Some of y'all not looking at me because that was you. Or <laughs> I've felt it before. I've been in line and felt that come on me. I'm like, oh, that is not right, you know. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when that person treats you bad, you realize there's something bigger on the inside and you say, oh, that's all right. It's okay. You realize, hey, they might be having a bad day. They might, you know what? There's just a big chance they might need you there. They're not there for you. You're there for them. What? For real. Say it ain't so. Jesus came to serve, not be served. 
So they've applied the king's kid, the brighter bulb in the wrong way, but we got to, all right, I'm empowered to be the light, to be the salt, right? It doesn't matter what people do. I'll still be the king's kid no matter how bad they treat me. I'll still be set on a hill no matter how bad. And guess what? While they're still having the bad day, I won't because I will receive the good things of God. Because I'm a child of the king and he does love me and he pours out his grace just like he loves you. And he wants to love them. Whether they receive it or not, I'm still there. They know their nastiness to me. It doesn't change my position. I can just sit there with a big old smile on my face while they're cussing me out. I'll be all right. I'll be okay. And they'll be like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you get mad? I don't have to get mad. I'm in a position. I'm set. I'm appointed. And I got the brightness of God's glory in my life. And it is designed to take this situation and inject love straight into you. And this is something I, I've, I've been talking about. Nice socks, dude. I like those. Awesome. And uh, those are great. Man, get a shot of those. <laughs> those are awesome. So I've, I've been uh, thinking about this recently. I want you to, I want you to see this. So uh, watch, watch this. So Kendall and David, y'all come and stand right here. Yeah. Here, y'all flip, flip flop. Crisscross, right? All right. <laughs> All right, stand facing each other. All right. Man, y'all plaid brothers. Glory to God. Amen. It's like the same color and everything. They match his socks on no, when he took his shoe off. Amen. All right, so <laughs> let's say that you're the believer, you're the light, right? And this is, amen. You're set above. Amen. And you're the, <laughs> that's how the world thinks Christians are looking at them. Ooh, that's it right there. That, that's how, because we've taken some things and applied them in the wrong place. But let's say you're the non-believer. You're not born again yet. You don't have the light in you, right? Now, here's the thing. The world, <laughs> the world, right? Now, listen, we love because he First loved us. In other words, if we haven't received the love, we can't love. Until we've received Jesus, it's not possible for us to love. We love because he first loved us. So until we receive that love, we can't love. So somebody who doesn't have Jesus, they think they are doing good stuff, but they're not even really walk, operating in love. They're just operating in what the world calls good. That's not love. Right, But a lot of them aren't even doing that. But do they have any motivation for morals, like godly morals? No. So should we expect them to operate with godly morals? No, they don't, they don't have Jesus operating. And even if they do know Jesus, do they have the fruit of the Spirit? Are they given humble and humbling themselves and studying the Word and growing? So if they're not studying, growing, and being intentional about it, they're not going to have fruit going on on a regular basis. So why do we expect that people in the world are going to treat us like we're the king's kids? They're not. So just get that in our heads right now. Get it in your heart. And next time somebody says they're just acting normal, but don't tell them that. Right? But no, they're just acting like that because they don't have Christ yet. It's amazing what I've heard Christians yeah. tell people. 
thinking that they've learned something on Sunday morning. They missed the whole point. All right, but here's the thing. So if you're the believer and you recognize your purpose on the earth is to be the light, then what you're trying to do is to win him to the Lord, right? You're going to be the light so that light will invade darkness. This person will come into the kingdom. Don't make jokes. All right, this person will come into the kingdom, right? This, so light's trying to invade darkness here. That's the purpose. Have you ever tried to win somebody and had a hard time with it? Listen, people have a shell up, and especially today, because do you realize how many bits of information is hitting them? Like, how many times do we see advertisements on TV? And what happens when the advertisements come on? How many people actually watch the commercials much anymore? Most of the time, we got this automatic feature. As soon as a commercial comes on, we're like, and we're not listening to any of it. We're not even paying attention. Well, it's the same way on Facebook. When you're scrolling, the uh, ad pops up, you just go right by it, right? Well, without any morals, they think that the light is just more advertising. You're trying to advertise your church. Yeah. It's just another ad to them. They've got no, uh, no esteem for it whatsoever. And why would they? So there's a shell up. Now, if you sought to win the lost, getting past that shell is difficult. There's a barrier. So do this as a barrier. There's a barrier. Getting past that shell is very difficult, right? So uh, God's given us some tools, though. <laughs> Glory to God. He's given us the ability to get past it. Those are known as the gifts of the Holy Ghost. You start telling a person what they were thinking last week by a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, right? All of a sudden, that dude's like, what was that? And the shell opens. And then you can inject the love of God in there, right? You start giving them a word of prophecy. You start, you start a gift of healing, gift of miracles, right? The power gifts, all of a sudden, that power gifts opens up that shell. You've got their attention, Gift of tongues, that's actually for the, the unbeliever. And, and the church is scared to use it, but it opens the shell. Then you can inject the word and faith will, will start to rise and then they'll see uh, they can receive the Lord. But a lot of times they have that shell up. Now watch this, this is one of the most powerful things. You remember when uh, Jesus said, when somebody does something against you, psh, what did he tell us to do? Turn the other cheek. Now, that, Jesus didn't want you having just equal pain on both sides of your faith. This is not what he was about. That's not what he was up to. Okay, now you felt uh, ten, ten, uh, pain on a scale of 10 on this side. Let's put it on this side so you feel symmetrical. Glory to God. That's not what he's doing. That's not what he's up to. That was funny. <laughs> you did good. <laughs> He did good. All right. That's not what he's up to. What he's up to is this. If somebody steals something from you, even in our world system, don't you have a legal right to go into their life and take back what's yours? You take them to court, you get back what's yours, right? Well, the same thing is applicable in the spiritual world. When somebody does something to you or steals something to you, it gives you a legal right there's nothing they can do about it. They have to open up and give you what's yours. 
Now, if all you're, you are concerned about is yourself, then when the unbeliever talks bad to you and they steal that comfort or they steal that esteem from you and all you want is what's yours, right? Then you try to break, give, give me back my respect. You're more concerned about yourself than you are the kingdom. But if you're concerned about the kingdom and not yourself, you just realize this is the greatest opportunity you have because there's a spiritual law in effect. They just stole some respect from you. They stole some of that from you. And right now, without them knowing it, the shell is completely open. There's nothing they can do about it. They just broke the shell themselves and they gave me the right to put something there. And so right now, if I give love in there, I just, gave, I just was given the ability to inject love straight into their life and there's nothing they can do about it. Do you know how powerful it is when somebody does something against you? Oh man, it's one of the greatest moments you can have. One of the greatest moments that you can have. Because if you're kingdom minded, you're not thinking about yourself you know, this cheek or that cheek, you're thinking about the kingdom. You know, somebody talking rude to me is like the easiest way ever for me to inject love into the life. And it doesn't, it doesn't cost me a thing. Most churches spend $50,000 to get love into one person. All I got to do is just not get mad and get upset and try to take back my respect when somebody talks bad to me. All I have to do is respond in love. And listen, who is love? God. So they just let me plant the seed of God right into their heart. Can't do anything about it. I have a legal right to do it. And now I just planted unlimited God in them. And now they've got to deal with it. There's nothing they can do about it. You think God's not going to be active in that moment? Oh, and then guess what? Because of their nature, God will just set them up with somebody else, another Christian that understands the kingdom comes first. They'll talk bad to that Christian. He'll, they'll love on them again. All of a sudden, he just watered that first seed. Before you know it, this person's heart's going to be melting because that seed's going to come up into fruit. And now they're coming into the kingdom. This guy may never see it. But... They break the shell themselves when they take something from you or when they do something wrong. They break the shell themselves and give you a right to plant something in there. So now when somebody gets mad at me or they treat me rude, like I'm thrilled. They don't know what to do with that, but I'm thrilled. I'm like, glory to God, I've been waiting for this moment. Let's see what God can do. But not only that, here's the other thing. When you sow that love back, whatever was lost or stolen, right? You, if you try to get it back, you're limited to your own resources and power. But when you inject love, you just opened up almighty, all-powerful God to return to you on his level, on an unlimited level. So you'll get it back, but it just comes from a different place, from a different way, and God's behind it. So when somebody does something wrong to you or the waiter gets your food wrong, don't, don't get mad. Get happy. Be the light. Be the salt. Amen. Because they just broke the shell and this is the, the ability for you to sow the love of God into them. Man, I love it when, when they get the food wrong and they just get it all wrong and then you like bless them like 40% of the bill. 
Not 10, not 15, not 20 or 25. You go over. Sometimes it's good to tip them even more than what the bill was. And they're like, why'd you do that? I was having such a bad day. I, I know. God's good. God's good. Amen. Thank you, guys. So you are the light of the world and its systems. A city set, set, set in place and appointed on a hill, lifted above the plain, lifted above the average, can not be hidden. The question is, are you allowing yourself to be set on a hill? Or are you going back down to the plain? And if your purpose is not to be the light, you remove yourself from the hill and go back down to the average, go back down to the plain. You've got to allow God to put you in that position and then choose to be the light. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In other words, you've got to understand that God's calling you the light because he wants you to shine. Shining is what it's all about. The love of God is what it's all about. He wants you to shine. If people have to ask a question about whether or not you're born again or whether or not you have any fruit, then we're not shining at full level. And this is not talking to just some believers, just pastors or just evangelists. This is about every believer. Let your light shine. Let it shine. Your light should be shining. As a believer, as a Christian, your light should be shining. There shouldn't be a question about it. There shouldn't be a question about it. Let it shine before. Now watch this. Have you ever heard the verse? It says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Watch this. Let your light shine before men. In the presence of, in the sight of men. That's what that word means. Now, wait a minute. Doesn't it seem like those two verses contradict each other? Don't let your left hand know. But see, if you go into that verse and you listen to the teaching on it, it's talking about this. It's saying, look, because you want to receive glory from men for yourself, you want to be seen before men. You want to be seen. Here it's saying, let your light, let your good work shine before men so that he might be glorified. In other words, it's the reasoning behind it. It's the motivation behind those things. Let your light shine in the presence of, in the sight of men, in such a way that they may see your good works. Your good works. Not just how, how uh, holy you act on Sunday. The work. Let them see what, the action. Not just that you, that you proclaim to be a Christian. Let them see you doing something. But this is also talking about you moving as a believer in the power of God. Let your light that you have within you come out so that see, people see the power and the goodness of God so that they will, look at the next part, glorify your Father who is in heaven. In other words, this is I'm not doing this. Do you realize that there's unbelievers who give way more? More than Christians ever give. 
That's something an unbeliever can do. This is talking about something that's going to give glory to the Father. It's something you can't do. It's got to be God. Let people see what's got to be God flow through you. This is talking about demonstration and power. It's talking about being the salt, putting actions behind it. It's talking about people saying, how can you forgive people like that? How can you not be mad or upset or scared? It's God. It's talking about how did that arm grow out? It's God. How did that? That was the hardest hearted person I've ever seen. And they just melted. It was the Lord. It was God. Because you're designed to be set high up, not high. You're designed, you as Christians, as the children of God, are designed to be out in front and a light, a beacon of God's goodness and his power. And if we're not that and people don't see us in that, then we're not fulfilling what Jesus said we could. But he's told us we could. He's told us we should. And we've got to decide, I'll be that person. And you look in these next verses, you see in Acts uh, chapter 4, look at this. Here they are. Uh, they went out, and what happened? He passed by the guy, the beggar there, and all of a sudden, the guy had not walked. He was over 40 years old. He seizes him by the hand. He lifts him up, and the man's leaping and shouting and praising God, right, in Acts chapter 4. And then all of a sudden, they bring him before the council because... The, it's like, man, this was a notable miracle. But then they get before the council. They try to put pressure on them. They're persecuting them in the sense of trying to get them to shut up and don't talk about Jesus. But they can't hide the power of God. And here they are, he says, now as they observed the confidence, that's the boldness of Peter and John. As they observed the light within them, the salt that was within them. They understood that these were uneducated, untrained men. They were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Because a person who's been with Jesus will shine the good works of the Father. The person who's been with Jesus will have some salt on them. The person who's been with Jesus will be bold and will be confident and will fear not. And if they haven't been with Jesus, then they won't. But the boldness, the confidence, the signs and wonders, the demonstration, it showed these Pharisees, they've been with Jesus. Ah, uh, these boys, they've been with Jesus. Can we say that about ourselves? Can the Father look down from heaven and say, ah, oh, there's my son, there's my daughter. They've been with me. Look at that. They've been with me. We want them to say yes. Yep, that's exactly where they've been. And they had some, and what were they trying to do? Immediately, oh, these guys are building steam. The, the light's getting brighter. The salt's getting saltier. We need to stop them because that's what the devil does. So he tries to force them. He tries to fear them into it. They had summoned them. They say he commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered said to them, whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to, to you rather than God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. We can't stop it. 
And matter of fact, just because you told us to do that in this verse in 29, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant to your bondservants that we may speak your word with all confidence, with all boldness, while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with, say it with me, with what? Boldness. As the light, as the salt. You're designed to be a great light of God. Each and every one of you are designed to be a light. To shine the good news of God wherever you go. And not just be what normal people do. But have something so strong and so powerful that people start to glorify God because they realize that can't be just that person. A normal man could do that. A normal man could give something. You know, a normal man uh, could forgive once. But they're living a life of forgiveness. They have fruit of forgiveness. They're, they love. They don't, get, they don't get upset. They don't get rattled. They don't, they, it's like they're just, I mean, they're strong, but they're confident and they're bold. But it's like just they, they got a power that, what is that? Oh, it's Jesus, the light of the world. It's the light of God, the glory of God shining through you. You're designed, you're set, you're appointed on the hill and you're not put up there for no reason. You're put up there to be on the hill and shine the light of God. That's your design, that's your purpose, that's your mission and it's time for us to be everything he's called us to be. It's time for us to let God be God in us. Not fear, not hold back, but be who God's called us to be. To let it fly for his glory, not for our own. That's that's why, look, the Lord gave me this just to make sure that I remembered. Somebody tells me thank you or tells me, hey, Brian, you did a good job. You'll hear me say, some of you know what I say, huh? I'll say, glory to God. I'll say, God is so good because I can't be good if it wasn't for him. Why? Because I don't want the fingers pointed at me. I don't want the glory. It's not my glory. I couldn't do it if it wasn't for him. It goes to him. It goes to him. If there's anything good in me, it's because he gave it. If there's anything good in you, it's because he gave it. Give him the glory. Let your light shine uh, before men so that they may see your good works, that they may glorify your father. May they glorify him. But are they going to glorify him if you just look like one of the crowd? What is there to glory? What glory is there? If you just look like part of the world, there's no light. There's no salt there. Even an unbeliever can do it. Lord, let us be believers. The salt and the light. Father, I just ask that we would be inspired. Lord, Holy Spirit, throughout these next few weeks especially, Lord, challenge our heart. Open our eyes when we're being the light and when we're not. When we're being the salt and when we're not. Let us see us missing it and let us see when we get it right. Lord, help us to reprogram our thinking to be the light set on a hill appointed by you so that people may glorify you, Lord. 
Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would seal that, that you would help people see, that you'd bring it up in their head, that you'd bring it up in their heart, that they would see times when they're doing it right and times when they're not, so that they would learn and grow and it would become a second nature to them to be the light in every circumstance, in every situation, to be the light. Let them refine themselves, Lord. Let, let the fire of God refine them. Let them have a draw and a hunger to be the salt and be the light. To be everything that you've called us and empowered us to be. To be everything that you paid for us to be. You paid a price for us to be the salt and the light. Now let us esteem that price and be who you've called us to be, Lord. Let us not set it to the side. Let us not forget our purpose as soon as we walk out on Sunday morning. Sunday morning plays a part, but it's not the whole purpose. It's to empower the purpose of being the salt and the light. And you know, this message is for all of us here. It's not just for one or two. But I just ask you right now, with your heads bowed, just, just raise your hands and, and, and give yourself to the Lord. And, and the truth of the matter is, every single one of us, we've all missed being the salt and the light on some level, in some way. Every single one of us. And let's just, let's just repent for it right now. Let's just turn around. Okay, Lord, I've been going that way. And I realize I hadn't been the salt and the light in every area I needed to be. I'm turning around. I'm going to be it. And just say it with me right now. Just say, Father, I repent. I've missed it. I've missed the purpose. I've missed the mission. I may have done some things right, but I know I hadn't gotten it all right. But I want to get it all right. And I repent right now. I change. Help me see what I need to do to be the salt and the light in full. I confess it before you in all humility that you may empower me with your grace. I ask that you would grant me boldness and confidence to be the salt and the light that people may glorify you. Work with your word in my life. Extend your hand to heal and to do signs and wonders. Things that people know can't be me. But it's all you so that they may glorify you. And I will point glory in the right direction. I won't receive it for myself but they'll glorify you in Jesus' name. Father, I ask that you would seal it right now on every heart. Lord, let it be sealed now. We praise you for it, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Father, Demistum becolo e angioglamo savatini, benicutus de fratini camatalum, e benchudufra lauconum esting, kinemos brabataramon. Father, every bit of persecution that would try to come up and hold people back from being the salt and the light, 
I ask you right now that you would crush it as they establish the new habits of saltiness and being the light. Lord, crush it while the habit is being formed. Lord, I just ask that you would crush every bit of persecution. Lord, silence it in Jesus' name. And Lord, let the new habits of saltiness and being the light and the heart change and the mind renewed, let it be made full and complete so that we don't just have one or two that walks out of this several months later that are now more salty and more like the light. But Lord, as we walk forward, every single person in this room will be more salty and have more light, Lord, as they form new habits and they've given their minds and their hearts to be renewed, Lord. We thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, seal it, Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are you going to let it change you? Amen. Amen. Amen.